Today we look at a film that is so good, it's been redone millions of times. And of course, that's an exaggeration. Uh, but if you were to do the research and look into it, you'll see that it has been quite a few times. And we're going to look at how to be a saint and even give a, a real concrete example of what that looks like. So come with me as we dive into Little Women. My name is Cameron De La Torre, and this is The Patron Saint of Film. So before we start, I want to make sure to address the the elephant in the room. Um, some of you might be thinking, which little women? Because <laughs> there are a lot. I believe there's over a dozen adaptations. So of some kind, whether it's on a, a, a miniseries or a film or even on the stage, Little Women is extremely popular, extremely popular to create an adaptation, right? So constant remakes but we're talking specifically about the 2019 version, so the one that, that stars Saoirse Ronan. And we all know how I feel about Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> but what I want us to focus on within this film is to set aside biases that we may have. You know, Maybe you're a fan of the, the previous adaptations. Uh, maybe you don't even like remakes, so that, that might affect the way you view this. Or, or maybe you're, you're really set on not watching movies about the same characters because you're bored, right? So there, there's a reality that I think with remakes, it can be kind of tough um, because again, all those previous things that I had just said, but sometimes you're just like, I don't want this to be better. Let's, let's create something new. Um, but I will say this 2019 version, at least for me, is a spectacular film. And I, I say this because I haven't seen any of the other versions. Um, so I can't necessarily say whether this one is a perfect adaptation of the book or if this is the best one. I just know that as a film, as a standalone film, I love it. And I, I hope that after this episode, you will love it too. For a few reasons. One, it's just a very powerful, simple, yet beautiful film. Um, and I think one of the ideas in the film is why would anybody want to read about a story of sisters living their lives? why there's no point and it's beautiful because yeah it, it's such a simple story that there aren't a lot of um looks into it whether that in that time or even now i mean we're looking at marvel and how impressive marvel has been the scope of the work and i'm a i'm a fan of marvel films so you know there there's nothing necessarily that i'm trying to say against them but it's refreshing to get kind of a more simple grounded film and this particular film little women this 2019 version there's a lot that they can actually teach us about our faith as well, which of course is the point of this podcast. I think one of the big factors for this film is what it teaches us about how to live a good life and how to be a saint. And for those of you who don't know, right, who don't know the story, yeah, it's very simple. It follows four sisters primarily in their life, in their journey from essentially kind of like a seven-year span um, and just sees how they live in their world, right? Some of them are, are pursuing certain things. Some of them are trying to find love. Some of them are just trying to get by every single day. Um, but it's it's a really beautiful film and we'll get to more of the specifics, but I encourage you to watch this. Watch this again without any kind of biases and just go in seeing it for the beauty that it is. And so 
as we go in, as we dive in, the first thing and the, the theme that I want us to focus on is one that we've covered many times before, right? How to be a saint, what it means to be a saint. And sometimes it can get repetitive. Okay, we, we've heard this story. What else could you possibly teach me about being a saint? You know, and, and even for myself, what, what can I learn about being a saint that hasn't been discussed before? But even if there is something that is repeated, I think it's really important for us to see it in the time that we are now. We, we talked about this when reading scripture, reading the Bible, just because you read something, you've read something before doesn't mean you're going to read it in the same light, right? You might get something different as you read those passages. So it's the same thing here. So you might get a, a similar reminder or, or a similar concept, but now you get an idea to see it in a new lens. So for me, as I, I mentioned before, kind of coming through with different struggles, I watched this film very different than I watched it a year ago, two years ago, or the first time I saw it in theaters. So I want us to dive in. Basically, the the theme here about saints is going to be centered on Beth. And what's funny is I watched this team, excuse me, I watched this film with my team uh, last year. And we began to talk like, who's who? There was four of us. So it was easy. Four of us is the four sisters. And we were like, who's who? Like in terms of the personality. And right, we were like, oh, well, you might be Amy, you might be Meg. Uh, and there was two of us who were like, we're Joe. We're definitely Joe. We'll, we'll fight for it. Let's be, uh, I want to be Joe. But nobody said Beth. And it's interesting because as you watch this film, Beth can sometimes feel like an outsider, like an outlier. Well, she's the, the fourth sister. Doesn't She doesn't matter as much. But I argue she's the most important sister. Um, and I think what's what's interesting is as we go through, the film is, is very much centered on this kind of comparison between all of them and, and their ambitions and what they want to do in the world, right? For, for Meg, she really just wants to find love, right? But she's also looking for those material possessions. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? She wants to feel beautiful, but it's hard for her because she's trying to live in comparison to a lot of other people. On the other hand, you have Joe, and Joe wants to be an independent. She wants to to be the most famous writer, and she has a lot of ambition to do so, right? She doesn't want anybody to take away that that thing. She wants to go for it herself. Then you have Beth, more reserved. She's pretty shy. She just wants to play her music for all intents and purposes, doesn't care who listens, really doesn't even want people to listen, right? She's afraid that she will, will be a distraction to them, right? And we'll get to that in a bit. And then you have Amy. Amy also is ambitious in a different way. She is more, she thinks more about just success, right? What success is, what that looks like, whether that's um, status in who she marries or for her being the best painter and nothing else. And so each of these sisters are kind of in some ways doing their own thing. They're on their own timeline, which is important because generally what we do is we, when we watch this film, right? If you're thinking to yourself, well, which sister am I? Most of us will probably relate to Amy or Joe and some to Meg, that's because their character is so defined. Their personalities are, are really extreme. We're like, oh my gosh, I want to be them because they're strong. And so we we kind of leave out Beth because she seems to be the weakest character. We don't want to be Beth. Why would we want to be Beth? And that's where we go wrong. For me, I want to be Joe because it's Sersha, of course, but also too is because Joe's strong. She's ambitious. So am I. I'm very, I'm, I'm very much like Joe. I want to do things and I want to be successful and I want all these things to happen as soon as possible, right? I'm going to fight for it. And maybe you're, you're one of the other sisters, Amy or Meg. But I will say we should all strive to be like Beth. And now this is where we start to go through. Beth, I would say, is the, the model. She is the saint. 
She's the one that we should strive to be. And everybody talks about it in the film. Like, oh, well, you know, Beth is the best. You know, she's the best of us. Or she does this and that. But I would say, realistically, for us as viewers, we should start learning to think, I want to be like Beth. Because it's not that easy. Because that's the life of a saint. This life of a saint is not easy. And sometimes it's not even very desirable. For all intents and purposes, especially right now in the world that we live in, where yeah, of course, I want to be, I want to feel, feel what it's like to be rich and famous. I want to feel what it's like to be a millionaire or even a billionaire, right? To have all these awesome opportunities, which again, these are not wrong. And if you're blessed to have those opportunities, awesome. But it's about the way that you act and who you are at the core of who you are. That's what's most important. And so when we go through, each of the characters are on their own path. And so oftentimes we will focus on Joe and Amy because this story really tries to juxtapose, tries to compare the two of them. And that's extremely important to the plot. But oftentimes, once again, we go through and we focus primarily on the three, the, those three sisters, Mag, Amy, and Joe. But what's incredible about this film is that even though we focus on them, I think it's extremely important for us to recognize that this story and the plot is driven by Beth. Beth is the most important sister in this film. The story does not happen without Beth. So take a, take, take a second to think about that. This story is practically impossible and worthless without Beth. Beth is the reason for all of them to come back together. Beth is the reason for this story to be written. Beth is the reason for all of them to feel a part of this family. She's the core. So why? Why, why, is that, why does that matter? Well, because while Joe's out trying to be the most amazing writer and tries to be independent all for herself while Amy is out trying to find a husband right to take care of her and potentially even her family and to be uh, a great painter and while Meg is out trying to live her life seeking those things those other beautiful things and again there's nothing wrong with each of those with each of those desires Beth is there centered doing her part to love those around her right so she goes and she always follows the the plan to take care of the Hummels Right. And that ultimately leads to her getting sick and ultimately later on to her dying. And it's, it's important to recognize, too, it's like uh, Beth might seem like, a, oh, well, it's impossible for us to do that. Right. One, she's a character. But two, right. She's righteous. I'm not righteous or, or that just takes a lot of work. But no, I think there's an important message to learn from Beth is that it's it takes practice during Christmas. Right. When the mom comes back, which the, the mom is an important character as well, because she sets the foundation. She leads she gives the example to the daughters of how to live a righteous life. Beth is the one that clings on the most, right? So when they, she comes home and says, hey, do you want to share your, your breakfast, your Christmas breakfast with this family that doesn't really have very much, right? The Hummels. Beth responds and says, this is the part where you say the dad would want us to do this, right? It's, it's a reluctance. She's not perfect. She doesn't want to do this because, of course, she wants to feel she wants to feel this pleasure. She wants to feel safe and comfortable, but she reluctantly says yes. So she's not necessarily being the most virtuous, but she's taking the steps to be virtuous. And I think that's important for the rest of the film is she does these things for the sake of other people, even if it means that she herself is affected, that she herself is tired or worn out, right? When she's allowed to play the piano, she makes shoes Right. She makes shoes for Mr. Lawrence. She completely out of nowhere for no apparent reason, because quite frankly, her playing the piano is actually good for him. Right. It is, is it probably enough of a gift? But instead, she goes out of her way to make these shoes 
she tries to get the sisters to come to go uh, take care of the humbles, to go give them food and be with them, but they don't go. And she comes back. You can tell she's tired and worn out, right? And she's given the reward of another piano. And I think that's the important thing is what Beth does is she lives her life and she gives without any hope of give, of getting back. And when she does get something back, her first inclination is to give thanks to them. And that's super, super important, right? We think about Joe and Amy and even Meg, right? Their goal is to get things for themselves. And again, that is not necessarily a bad thing, but that's their primary focus, right? They, they want to make money or to receive fame and, and to find worth in those things. Whereas Beth, her worth is being able to do the right thing, being able to take care of others, wanting not to be a burden on others, but rather to support them and help them and love them and care for them, right? That's extremely important. So Beth becomes a, a very Im- incredible vision and idea of what a saint should be. If you think about what the, what the other sisters want to accomplish, right? They want to be the most beautiful person in the room with the most uh, lavish clothing and, and all these different things, right? In, in Meg's case, for Amy, similar, but she just wants to be a, a seen as, as someone with high status, right? The best painter with, with the, the best in the best uh, relationship and the best marriage. Joe wants to make sure that she is the greatest writer ever and that all attention and fame is given to her. Whereas Beth, again, just wants to live her life in service of others. And if you think about it, each of those three sisters, at the end of the day, if they accomplished their dreams, they would be known by a lot of people, right? Meg would be seen for her, her beauty. So every, everyone around would know for Amy and Joe, similarly with their, their ambitions, they would be seen by a lot of people and might be liked by a lot of people might be loved by a lot of people, but it's fleeting, right? When we think about what Joe says in the beginning, right? Well, everyone will know my name and that's impo- that's important that's beautiful right everyone will know her name sure okay but i think what's important is that beth shows us a better way to life a better way to live life and also a better way to achieve true recognition and really what we as we work to be saints should look for so beth may not be known by a lot of people right we can say each of them are known each of the sisters might be known by 100 to 1000 to a million people but beth might only be known by say her family, so that's what, five, six, plus a few of the other people in her life, maybe up to 10, maybe 20 if I give her a little bit more credit, right? So, but between 10 and 20 people, which is pales in comparison, right? Pales in comparison. But if you think about the impact that she had, people were crying at her death and people loved her so much, so much that even like Mr. Lawrence, he did not want to go in that house because he loved her. He loved what she gave to him, right? The blessing that he was in her life, but also in recognizing that it is so sad to have lost the gift of her life because of how caring and beautiful and amazing she was to other people. And she plays such a big impact that while all, all those others, while all the other sisters were seeking to be recognized by other people, Beth was recognized by a small select group of people that loved her so much because they felt her love to them. Now, what a life to live, to know that maybe you're not the most famous, but yet there you are being loved so deeply by those other people. And I think what's important too is as a saint, you will never be forgotten. If you make such a big impact on people, they will not forget you and they will tell your story to other people. 
just like in here, just like in Little Women, the story that was written had everything to do with Beth, with the love that she had in her family, with the love she had in other people, and she was the inspiration for it. So even though she isn't the author, even though she may not be have that life, you know, that life that we think, oh, well, it's worth living, she did live it. It was subtle, but she lived it. And there's a story that was written about her that will last for generations. I mean, think about all the iterations of this story, right? All the remakes, all the adaptations, everything was because of the the power of what it is to live a life that is simple, but holy, a life that is not for yourself, but for other people. And that in and of itself is incredible. That in and of itself is beautiful. And we think about other saints, right? We There's so many saints that we consistently and still read about right? We go all the way to the beginning, St. Peter, right? One of like the first saints or the first people on the path to sainthood. We still read about St. Peter. Sometimes when you go to mass, you'll read his letters. Or you think about even some of the more, not necessarily modern, but just within the last few hundred years, right? My my favorite, St. Augustine, right? Or you have St. Therese of Lisieux, the impact that they had in very subtle ways because they were living their lives for other people, not for themselves. They're the ones that last, I'm sure there was people in, in their time that were famous, that everybody loved, right? Quote unquote, loved and adored. I guess that's the better word, adored. But their legacy was not as established as the saints that came during that time. And for us as well, our legacy doesn't have to be defined by riches and, and fame and status and success. Success should be able should be the fact that we're able to live our lives for other people every single day. And it might be small. Maybe we're only serving our family and our friends. Or maybe you are blessed with the opportunity to have that status or that fame. But to use that, those gifts to serve those in need. Right? There's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with, with being rich. Because sometimes we're blessed in that way. Or with being famous. But how do we live our lives for other people? If we've been giving a great blessing, then we should give that a great, even greater blessing back. We should give what we have. So if you have more to give, then give more. And I don't necessarily just mean money. Although that's empowered, that's powerful, that can be very impactful. That's not really the, the whole foundation of who we are. That's, it's about giving time. It's about giving our, our care and serving other people. And then, of course, it is money. It is being able to give to the poor and serve in that way. But that should not be the, fi- the, the only um, measure, right? With Beth, it wasn't money. She didn't have any money. But she gave her time and her commitment and her love. And that's what led to the impact that she had. That's what led to her being not only the greatest saint in this story, also to inspiring other people to be saints, right? The impact that she had on their life is incredible. As I finish this movie, I cry every time when Beth dies or literally any time when there's a part with Beth, because I think in a lot of ways, I am Joe, but I want so bad to be Beth. I want to desire and to have the heart that Beth has. I want to be able to see the world for what it is and be able to give like Beth does. And sometimes it can be really hard and kind of disheartening to realize that I'm not there. But I take solace in knowing that the tears that I cry are because I want to be and because I can be. But like Beth, it takes a lot of time. It won't come instinctively, but the more you do it, the more practice, the easier it will be. Similar to what the mom had said, right? It takes a lot of practice to be patient, to not be angry. And it takes a lot of practice to be holy and to give yourself entirely so i hope if if you watch this film you can see and appreciate the beauty of each of the sisters but at the end of the day i hope that like me 
you'll want to be a little more like Beth because Beth, I think, is the perfect example of how to live a saintly life, whether it's in that time or today. But I don't know. I think being able to, to live a saintly life like Beth would probably be the greatest gift more than anything that can be offered. So I encourage you all to just be a little more like Beth and love and to serve those people even when we don't get anything in return, knowing that our greatest reward might not even be a piano, but rather it will be heaven and it'll be being an eternal life with our Heavenly Father. This has been the Patron Saint of Film. I'm your host, Cameron Della Torre. Special thanks to our producer, Rachel Darling, our sponsor, Mike Tatton. Music brought to you by Carlos Munoz. You can follow me on Instagram at patron saint of underscore film. Have a blessed day. Thank you.